0: Right now, you need dependable internet and endless entertainment. Xfinity delivers with reliably fast speeds and Wi Fi coverage throughout your home. Plus, access all your streaming apps in one place right on your TV. To schedule your free contactless equipment delivery, click or call. Restrictions apply. Right now, you need dependable internet and endless entertainment. Xfinity delivers with reliably fast speeds and Wi Fi coverage throughout your home. Plus, access all your streaming apps in one place right on your TV. To schedule your free contactless equipment delivery, click or call. Restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another episode of Figures of Sport with Brando and friends, and today we have a uh, a really, really special episode in store. Uh, We're going to be doing the NBA preview, but we're going to be bringing on two two good friends of mine, and uh, their names are Josh and Chris, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves this time, and go ahead, guys. All right. Josh. Uh, uh
1: this is Josh, you know, I'm happy to be here. I've been a close friend of Brandon's for a while. Um Just ready to get into the topic.
2: Hey, yeah, baby. Yeah, this is Chris. Uh, also a good friend, Brandon and Josh. Excited to talk about the NBA season coming up and uh, you know, Brandon thinks he can dunk on Josh I think so too. All right, yeah. Good I going. think
0: I think I can dunk on Josh. <laughs> for the record, we're gonna clarify this now. Um freshman year, uh Josh tried to dunk on me. Um Josh is like six four, six five, and I'm like six feet. And I I have some buddies. So I got up there. Tell them
1: the true story. I got I got up there. I
0: got up there and I was able to block his dunk and it did end up past half court. I'm just saying. Um, So I think
1: that was all in your
0: memory. I I don't know. I think a couple people could probably back that (laughs) up. But um we're gonna jump straight into this uh the NBA season and um I just want to ask you guys off. The first thing that you think about for this NBA
2: season um, is what? First thing I think about is duos. So many duos in the NBA right now after okay. the pre- uh, offseason, all the signings and everything, especially what I'm looking forward to see is the Clippers. You got Kawhi and Paul George coming, and I'm just excited because, obviously, OKC okay, didn't work out for Paul George, but I want to yeah. see if it works out. And with the Clippers, especially, with Kawhi coming off that championship. And what about you, Josh?
1: Um, I think I'm more excited about the freedom of movement of the players. Like, I think this past offseason we saw a bunch of players go where they really wanted to go and team up with whoever. Like, the super team thing mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. a has been a movement within the NBA for a while now. But I think this past offseason it was a power play. So now you're seeing not just one super team in the Warriors and the Cavs, but multiple different teams. So I'm excited to see how these super teams actually pan out and play together.
0: Okay. Um, I actually I really like that. Now there's like less of the big three yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, last year you had it with, um, <coughs> excuse me, you had it with like guys like um, Clay, Curry, um, KD. Um, and then that was really like the biggest one. And I think now, you know, you have Kawhi and Paul George, you have Steph at Clay. Um, until Clay comes back, you have Delo right now, D-Lo. Um, which I think people really are underrating that team. Underestimating that team because D'Lo was just an all-star, and um, you know, then you have LeBron and AD, Kyrie and KD. Um, but KD's not going to be there till next year. Giannis and Chris Middleton, uh, we'll call that a good duo. Um, I don't, I'm not really that high on Chris no, Middleton. No, no, no. I, I definitely that don't think I don't think that Middleton deserved that almost 180 million dollars in free agency. Mm-hmm. But um, if they lost him, it probably would have been a lot harder them to even compete with just Giannis um Russ and, and Harden Dame and CJ and uh, we have Embiid and Simmons
2: he's got the three now
0: <laughs> I, I we hope I'd hope so right uh Donovan Mitchell Mike Conley um those are probably the best um duos that we have right now in the league so what do you which duo are you most excited to see
1: I think I'm most excited to see Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. You have Kristaps coming off an injury. Luka's been <coughs> the year from last year. Like, he's carrying it over. Like, already in preseason, he's still tearing it up. Mm-hmm. And I think just the fact of having a foreign backcourt, I don't think there's ever been, like, a backcourt like that where it has been two foreigners from overseas coming no, out and just destroying the league.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've seen that in ever, you know. And I think um, in, in the West, though, with the West being as loaded as it is, mm-hmm. Do you guys really see Dallas kind of making a push to get to the playoffs now?
1: Yeah, I think if they all stay healthy, mm-hmm. I think if they can keep that team healthy, if Chris Stops can keep his legs together, Luca keep doing what he's been doing, like I could see them making a push.
2: Okay, and what about you? Um, I, I know I've talked about the Clippers, obviously with Kawhi and Paul George, but one of the sleepers that I think not many people are talking about is the Nuggets with uh, Jokic, not just Jamal Murray and, the yeah. other, and Will Barton, but. Um, I'm looking at Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I I, I actually forgot about him for a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember when he was about to get drafted, he was, like, really high up on the boards. And, like, I think a week before the draft, it came out like that his back was really, really Mm -hmm. bad and he was going to miss that first year. So, um, I don't know. I I think I'm pretty excited to see him just because when he was going into college, he was, like, he was the number one ranked recruit. You know, Mm -hmm. he was the number one guy coming out of high school and um, we really kind of didn't get to see as much as what we should have mm-hmm. from him. Yeah, um, he,
2: he reminds me of kind of like the Ben Simmons situation. He does, With Like you know. how Ben Simmons was injured coming
0: in. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what he does. Um, this will be his rookie year, so, mm-hmm. w- you know, in this rookie class, he has guys like Zion and, and Ja and, um, you know, R.J. Barrett, Kobe White, like all these type of guys. So do you think he's going to um, – do you think he's going to play at the type of level that we expect those top picks from this year to play? Like, do you think he's going to have that impact on this team? Or, or what do you think his role is going to be going into this season? I th-
2: uh, I, th- I think with, um, with how low – I think the Denver Nuggets are a pretty deep team. Um, I don't think he'd have a chance to win Rookie of the Year just yeah. because of the hype around, I mean, just Zion. I mean, he, yeah. I think he's going to be leading their team. Yeah, I know he went down with an injury what was and, a couple of days ago. Was yeah. Bad.
1: Going down on a right knee Yeah,
0: yeah. Right. So he's gonna be out for a couple weeks. He's be they said. Out a little bit. I yeah. think
2: RJ Barrett also got a pretty good shot for rookie class. Rookie, and you
1: know, and they're, they're all they're best. all starting too. Yeah, they all, all are starting. Still coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah,
0: the um, I do know that there is actually a lot of hype around like Kobe White, mm-hmm. and you know, um, I just want to get your opinion on that. You know, being like from Chicago, what do you guys think of Kobe White kind of coming in? Because I don't <laughs> think he's gonna start. I think Sadarancy is gonna start. For the Bulls right now, and then Kobe White's gonna eventually come into the starting lineup. But what do you think of him and what he could bring to Chicago? Because you know they haven't made the playoffs in a few the last few Um, years.
1: um, I think it's just gonna go off of how the other starters are doing and what's gonna be produced for them. Because for me personally, Kobe White is what he's a six five. He's listed as a point guard. Mm -hmm. I see him more as a shooting guard. I'd rather have him more at the shooting guard position and Mm -hmm. then have him playing off ball. I think if they the Bulls do that with him. Then I think he'll be great because he has the size, he has the athleticism, the shot. Like I'd rather see him there than sitting at point guard just distributing. Like I want to see him as a scorer. The
0: only thing, the only issue with that is I feel like they have Zach Levine at the shooting guard, Mm -hmm. and he's a guy that I think can help bring the Bulls to the playoffs. But his biggest thing is really just his um, is really just his defense is a bit of a liability. He's a really athletic guy. Um, he can get he can stay in front of someone. It's just that his actual like defensive prowess isn't as good as what it could be, especially when you look at the pass shooting guard that Chicago just had, it was, you know, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, Jimmy. And he's a guy that was playing hard on defense and on offense, you know. So I kind of think that if Zach Levine can kind of become not the type of defender that Jimmy Butler was, because Butler was always defense first and his offense came later. Um, Levine is the opposite, so I think that if he is able to actually um, just grow defensively and be better, then having him on at the two while having Kobe White, Kobe White is probably going to be in a similar position, um probably to D'Angelo Russell, because like combo yeah, kind of like a combo because D'Lo is also six five, mm-hmm. but he did man point for Brooklyn, and we saw how that turned out. He was able to, I think, he averaged twenty, twenty two or 21 and, like, six, so, um, I mean, he definitely had, I I could definitely see Kobe White um, in that same type of, like, role where you're going to have some, sometimes where you have Levine off the, or, you know, on the bench, and you'll move Kobe White to the two and just have him play off ball, because he is really fast, too, and he's a good shooter, so. um,
2: Yeah, I think with the Bulls, too, that you got Wendell Carter Jr. coming off, uh, his injury that he had, so he's to have yeah. this season going to be fresh.
0: And then you also have Laurie Markkinen yeah, Laurie. coming back, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he had, he missed a good amount of time last year, um, and I really think that for the Bulls, well, I'll ask you guys, what do you think is the biggest key to the Bulls this year in making their playoff push this
2: season? I think, I think you touched on it with Zach Levine and his defense, but I also think Zach Levine and his selfishness on offense, because... He's just been known for his whole career as yeah. an athletic scorer. Yeah. And I think, obviously, even if Kobe White does come off the bench and he does come on him, he's also known as just a scorer. So they do, they need that identity of someone on the team to kind of be that distributor. Yeah. And I think Kobe White could be, but he's got to develop into that. And yeah. I, like if we're talking about a playoff push, they need to develop that faster yeah. sooner rather than later for that. Yeah,
0: and, and and Josh, before I ask you for your on, on what they're going to do. I think that the reason they brought Sadoransky in from Washington was to actually lead um in that distributing type of offense because Cetaranski's mm-hmm. not I think he's a guy that can shoot the ball a little bit. Um you know, he's open, he'll take the shot, mm-hmm. but I think they mostly brought him in because remember they're not they're now going to push Chris Dunn to the bench. Okay. And and I'm not really too sure why they have such like a bad outlook on Chris Dunn because I like he I yeah. I, I, so why that's my question i just, I, I just
1: yeah. don't like him i don't think he's produced at all he's been in the league for what three years now three, three this years, is four this years. will be his third season third because season? yeah the he bulls he, too, though, yeah, yeah
0: he he's had some time and he's really good he's actually one of their better defenders on yeah, defense you know I yeah. and i and, and, and i think that a lot of these people are really kind of concerned with his offense lacking but you got to remember in and not where he's in an offense where it's Zach Levine dominating, you know? Exactly. He I don't think he's really had the opportunity to um, to actually, like, produce in that point guard spot and, and do the things that he's, you know, we saw him do in college that made him such a high draft pick, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that if they can actually, because I think that they're going to move Chris Dunn at some point this year because yeah. their, backcourt, their backcourt is loaded with Sederansky, Dunn, Levine, um, Kobe White and just a couple other guys that they have, you know, off the bench and I think that um I really think that Chris Dunn is going to play a good part in def- um in, in in helping Kobe White become a better defender because he's going to be off the bench. Um with Kobe White, I think that second unit at first is going to be a bit more defensive than what we uh probably have seen from the Bulls in a little bit. But so I'll ask you now what's your opinion on the whole, like the Chris Dunn thing, and why don't you like him? And
1: I just don't, I just don't, I don't trust it. I think he's a flop already. Like I say, if you're not producing like two years after coming out, then
0: so do you think the same thing about Lonzo?
1: Lonzo's already putting up numbers. though. This is his but, second year, like preseason. He's like I, I heavily, but yeah, I but it's preseason. You I remember heavily, that. but even yeah. last year when he was on the Lakers, he yeah. was still putting up numbers. Like his shot was broke, but rebounds, assists, like he was still right there below a double-double, like, what the numbers are producing. Like, yeah. I I think Chris Dunn has had, like, I think his moment is gone. Like, I think Chicago's done with him. I think, especially in a league where the guard where it's guard heavy and mm-hmm. you have to rely on a three-point shot, mm-hmm. like, you don't hear about Chris Dunn shooting lights out, the Bulls yeah. need shooting the uh, shot makers, and you have that with Kobe and oh, uh, yeah, Bahina, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: you know, and, and I think that a, a big key to their success this year is going to rely – Pretty heavily on both Lori Markinen and Wendell Carter because mm-hmm. I think that there's not going to be as much added pressure onto Kobe because, like you know, I've said he's going to be coming off of the bench at first. But I think Lori Markinen, going into his third year now, like he has, he has the shot, he has the length, he has the athleticism for for that guy for a guy that size, and he can play defense as well. I, I just think that with his, he has to he has to get his scoring totals to over twenty. I think he needs to, um, and I think that, you know, Wendell Carter now, you know, after getting shut down early last year because of his injury, I think that this year he has to be able to come back and make an impact defensively because they just did lose Robin Lopez, and although he wasn't, a like, a, a, a huge force, um, you know, it's but this was a guy that was a vet on the team, and, you know, he, he played defense at the center position, which is what they kind of lacked last year with Wendell Carter being out, um and also I think that a big thing for them is going to um really just be how they how they do with Jim Boylan because a lot of guys when he first came in last year um were really having like issues with him they didn't want to play for him so I really think that that's going to be big this year just to see how he kind of gets the team back to kind of being under him and and having control of the team Mm -hmm. so that's my biggest thing with this Bulls team right now but I'm Hopefully, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, the ESPN even projected him to possibly make the playoffs this yeah, year. They're, you know?
1: they're my sleeper for playoff team. Yeah. Who's their veteran? Do they have a veteran? They, yeah,
0: speaking of veterans, they do have Thaddeus Young, mm-hmm. um, and they also have Otto Porter. Yeah. Um, Otto Porter is a guy that he's I'm— He's a good defensive guy. He's is. a good defensive guy, and he's—I just don't think he's worth $22 million No. at all. That's just my opinion. I don't think that the production he's getting, or he's going to provide for this team, um, is worth that that price tag. Especially in a league where right now, um, you really need a big name. And and if you're paying a guy kind of similar to what I think about Chris Middleton, I don't think he's worth his contract for the production he does. You know, he's not a guy that that teams go out and and game plan for. You know what I'm saying? And I think the same thing with Otto Porter. So I think that if this Bulls team does want to make a, a, a valid push towards the playoffs, they need their veterans to actually come in and make an impact, not just offensively or defensively, but on the team morale as a whole. I feel like exactly. these guys have to be able to come in and lead um, and, and kind of show the younger guys, like, hey, if we want to make the playoffs, this is what we have to do. So um, – but – enough of the Bulls we're just well I want to get your opinion on the team you are most excited to see for the for this season in general like what team what matchups are you excited to see like let's talk about that
1: um I think personally I'm most excited about the Clippers I'm a huge Paul George fan like I will live and die for a PG3 like that man is a dog. Like, I'm excited for him. I think he's finally going to be in a situation, too, where he's happy. Like, Indiana was great, but I feel like everything at the Indiana just went downhill. Yeah. And I think now he's going to be – he has Kawhi Leonard on his team. He has he, – like, he has a – they are stacked. Like, they are fully loaded over uh, the Clippers, like, defensively and offensively. I think they're going to be able to produce. So, I see them pulling off the upset and overtaking the Lakers and making Los Angeles theirs again.
2: Okay, and you? Yeah, my my big team that I'm looking at is I I really like the Nuggets. I know they were pretty high seed last year. I think it was. Two, I think they were the two seed. Two seed last, seed last year. Yeah, I think so. And I know like people are saying like how how could they be a sleeper? But I mean, everyone always pushes them off just because they got their stars, Juggish. and Juggish is that total just slow big guy that just does, but he does everything right. Yeah. He's a, yeah. he's a facilitator. He can shoot the ball, and he does transition pretty well.
0: His basketball IQ is is it's through, it's the the cards, through the roof. It's through the roof. It's, it's, yeah. it's I don't think that I've actually seen a basketball player with his type of IQ probably like since LeBron. You know, and, mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron's still in the league, mm-hmm. but I, I think that we've not seen someone, especially that big, be able to kind of run the offense. I don't think I've ever been able to see that. Like mm-hmm. a center really leading his team and 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 you know the triple doubles the amount of triple doubles this guy gets is actually ridiculous because yeah you don't think that a guy that like remember I think I guess now because the, the game has transitioned to become so guard heavy and so focused on guard play that you need a big man like him that has the IQ to you know where if he needs to he can post up get in the paint and and you know do what he does there but you also need a guy that can kind of draw defenders out because he can, you know, since he does, you know, lead the team basically on offense, um, having a guy like him, you, you're able to get him out on the perimeter and then have the other guys kind of play off ball around him. So I think that the Nuggets are a really good team, but I just don't see them. I don't see them being able to beat either the Lakers or the Clippers in, in a series, or even the Rockets, just I think because.
1: They're one step away from
0: that. Yeah. I think. I think, I right think they need. A, I think they need. one more I piece. I think
2: it's Michael Porter Jr. I think. I know he's coming off the bench, and I know he's an athletic. I think he's 6'10". Yeah. or so. He is, and he's he's gotten his jump, his bunnies back. Yeah, and he's gotten a little bit of his jump shot back as well. I think he's going to be throughout the season. He's just going to slowly, incrementally get back into the flow of everything. And I think by the end, come April, he's going to be in the starting lineup, and he's going to be pretty. pretty I, good I piece. could
0: definitely see Michael Porter coming in and making an impact, especially because I don't think a lot is going to be expected of him coming oh, off yeah, of the injury. Right. I mm-hmm. think that, especially like you said, they're going to ease him in um, into a bigger role. Um, you know, slowly throughout the season, and I think that like probably closer to the All-Star break or after the All-Star break, we'll probably get to see him really start to catch, like, flow and and become a better basketball player and start to adjust to the league. And I think that there's no, you know, since there's no film, there's no, like, real knowledge about his play, especially in the NBA, I think that he's kind of going to be a surprise. So I'm actually going to say that I'm going to agree with you, and I kind of think that the Nuggets are going to be a a good team. I just don't see them going as far as yeah. what some people think because i think the rockets although they didn't really add much you know westbrook is definitely an upgrade over cp3 you know yeah. you have more athleticism um a little bit less shooting but um this is a guy that's gonna get to the hole he's gonna get to the line he's gonna score points at the free throw line and kind of slow the game down a bit for them where i think chris paul kind of s- tried to speed it up a little bit you know he was trying to play it at, at the pace that that offense was but I think that Chris Paul needs the ball and he needs to slow it down a bit more um while the Rockets like to play fast um but I I would say that my my team is I really want to see the Lakers you know because there's it's really just because LeBron has always needed like a big man and the fact that now he has arguably the best big man in the NBA right now um you know with Anthony Davis I think that um, really kind of seeing them go together. They really complement each other well because AD is a guy you can throw the ball into him and he can kick it right back out. And, you know, LeBron is a guy that's going to either um, orchestrate a play to get himself open or another guy open. Um, and I think that just having him, you know, Anthony Davis in the paint where he's going to get doubled, LeBron's going to get doubled, There's going to have a, they're going to have a lot of guys around them that are going to have opportunities to score the ball. And I really want to see how the Lakers take advantage of that, because there there is people saying that they have a lot of shooters on the team, and then there's people that say they don't have a lot of shooting on the team. So what are your thoughts on that and, and their team as a whole?
1: I don't think they have a lot of shooters. Who They have Kyle Kuzma. Well, they have Danny Kyle Dane. Kuzma, Danny, Danny Green,
0: Parker, Avery Bradley. Um, well, they have Jared Dudley, Troy Daniels. Um, you know, they have Quinn Cook. They have a, a bunch of guys like that and I I think that they have a chance. I think that these are guys that can make open shots. I yeah, don't think that yeah. these I think Danny Green is probably besides Kuzma, the next best player on the team after Kuzma. so he's probably their fourth best player especially with boogie being out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that you know the guys around them as long as they make open shots that this team can go really far. That's really what it is. Their defense is going to be something that I'm, I'm worried about because, you know, we saw last year, LeBron kind of slacked on defense. Mm-hmm. And um, the team as a whole kind of was a bit lackadaisical on, on offense. I mean, on defense. But I think that if they can make the open shots, then I think that's really where um, they're going to kind of start to excel. I think
1: another thing to be worried about with them too is, um, is like, what do they call it, time management with LeBron, mm. too? Because they're not deep. They are not deep at all. If someone goes yeah. down, especially in LeBron or AD, then I feel like that's it for them. Like, yeah. It was like last season. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: And, I, and I, I, I'd I agree to that. The only thing is now they do have a little bit of depth, I guess, at the at the, the power forward kind of center position with Howard and yeah. Um What did you think of those – like being at those pieces being added onto the team. Well, I mean, Javale resigned, but just adding Dwight um, after Boogie went down. What do you think of them with their their whole roster?
2: I I think it was a good pick up with Dwight. I know he's like ever since I don't know after Orlando all that kind of blew up in his face. He's not really found a real home, I could say, for a team. Yeah, but he was let go, and then he's just been kind of just doing his own thing. But now that they picked him up, I mean. Man, I, I've seen videos of this guy, and he's dunking it like crazy. Yeah, like he used he, to do. I mean, yeah. he's he's yeah. shredded. And he, he he didn't take anything off when he was like, oh, yeah.
0: I mean, I think I think that you know he's gotten. I think he's in a better position now in LA mm-hmm. than where he was when he first came to LA. I think his he's healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like more you said, he's. I think, he's, I think now, he right, is too. You know, especially you know he's had the the rough time in the last few years. He's been bouncing around the league, and. Um, I think now that he's he's back with that lay, I think he kind of has something to prove. Um, I don't think he's gonna be starting. I think that's Javale's job, but I think that he can actually make an impact off the bench. And if you give him twenty minutes, twenty four minutes off the bench, um, I really think that he's a guy that can at least get you a double double. He can get you a ten, you know. He can yeah. I that's and that's really I think all that they look for in Dwight this year. Um, and I cause I think that they're gonna expect the same type of production from Javale. Um, he did have I believe career highs in points and rebounds last year, so I think that, um, and also not to mention the fact that they're going to have AD next to him, I think that that's going to um, kind of just help them out a bit more on on with the length um, that they have. So, but outside of the Lakers um, and the Nuggets and the team, the Clippers. What what's another team that you guys are really kind of excited to see? Uh,
1: I'd say Miami Heat. Uh, it's a new spot for Jimmy Butler. He's always bringing intensity, and I feel like they're with, with Dragon, uh, Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters. Um, I just feel like they're gonna have a chance to produce and actually make a push. And especially my favorite Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero, Kentucky <laughs> Tyler player.
0: Tyler Hero <Group>. is <laughs> my man.
1: Like I'm so excited to see what he like what he's gonna bring to the table. Where they're gonna start him or Deion Waiters? Like I don't care. I feel like he's gonna be able to produce in that position. So. I'm excited for it. I think that's um. I think it's a good spot for Jimmy too. I think this is going to be a spot that he probably ends up staying a while in. Like, he likes to travel. Like, he's mm-hmm. going to be somewhere with good weather. And I feel like just the coaching atmosphere there has always like brought out the best in players. And I feel like this is going to be his new home. Well,
2: like that's. I think I know he's in Chicago and he was the leader in Chicago. But I think this is his first. This is team his team when he's actually like the centerpiece. Yeah, of the
0: team. because I think with Minnesota or with the Bulls, you know, they were high on rose mm-hmm. and then butler kind of came in and i think and he kind of yeah i think he had kind of bullied his way into that leadership role yeah. Yeah. and that kind of you know in in a, in an organization like the bulls where the front office is really kind of so fragile yeah. really you know with Garpa- uh, garpax and um, i i really think that that's that was the biggest issue in chicago that he bullied his way into that number 1 kind of role um yeah i get that rose was hurt and he, he wasn't producing the same the same way but I think that since he did bully his way that did rub um, some coaches the wrong way some people in the front office the wrong way and then when he went to Minnesota you know these guys were you know they picked Carl Towns and that that he is their centerpiece he is their their main guy and Jimmy was supposed to kind of bounce off the, it was supposed to be them too but um, and then now like you said I think that Miami is his spot um, you know but I do think that they need one more piece. I think that if they would have gotten Chris Paul, um, you know, because they were trying to work out that deal, but they just had no other pieces to give up. No, no, they have no draft picks to give up anymore. Um, But, I mean, I could see that that he definitely making a playoff push. And I think that it's going to be kind of exciting to watch what Jimmy Butler does by himself now um in a chance where he really has uh time to shine I really did like him in Philly though I think in Philly it was a good fit I I think it was a good fit in Philly because he was the guy that really kind of held the other younger guys accountable um and he definitely made an impact for Philly right away um Philly I think is a team a lot of people have them you know finishing closer to the top of the east if not the the best team in the east um so what do you guys think of that team? Like, with their starters, I believe it's um, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and Al Horford.
2: I, I, think, I think it was a big loss for them to lose Jimmy Butler because, as you said, he was kind of holding all the younger guys accountable. And Jimmy Butler was kind of picking up for Ben Simmons' lack of shooting. Mm-hmm. And I know people are saying, hey, the kid can shoot now, but he, you don't know until the regular season exactly. starts. And I think, I think with the Sixers, they still have Tobias Harris, which is good. He was a good mm-hmm. pickup for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, but and, and they needed to sign him no matter didn't. what the contract was because of what they gave up for him. You know, mm-hmm. they they gave up so many draft picks for him and, and and pieces that I think that if they didn't sign him, it would have hit a lot harder than, it, you know, the, the Jimmy Butler loss would have hit a lot harder. Um, and the only thing now is I think that you kind of traded Jimmy Butler and you get Josh Richardson as – in as your second, you know, your shooting guard now, mm-hmm. and then you. Another thing is they lost JJ Redick. No, yeah, like, you know, I'm that's saying. that's no, a that's a big loss, I think, because in a team like them, where a lot of it is based on athleticism. Yeah, Josh Richardson's a guy that can, sh- uh, you know, he's athletic and he can defend, but he's not a guy that you have, you know, that can really shoot the ball. Like when
2: Embiid's double in the post, he was looking out. He got just JJ Redick exactly. And yeah,
0: and and Tobias Harris, I think he can be better. Um, than he was last year with them. I think that having Jimmy kind of did kind of limit what Tobias Harris was able to do because he's a guy that also does need the ball. That's I think that is the Sixers' biggest problem, in my opinion, is just that they have so many guys that need the ball to be effective. Like Because Ben Simmons, we have not seen him develop a jump shot, I think that he's a liability on offense because if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's not going to produce. Joel Embiid is a guy that... He will produce, but you know when he's doubled, who's he going to kick it out to? Josh Richardson's a guy that's going to be able to stay in front of you, defend, and get to the hole. But can he hit the open shot? And, and I think Al Horford is probably the the, the glue piece to that right now, um, just because he's the he's the vet in the locker room. He's really the guy that I think is going to be able to um, kind of lead the team. You know, we saw that in in Boston, he was able to lead them to the East, Eastern Conference Finals two years ago um and really just he he was the leader on that team he was the guy that a lot of people had a lot of respect for and I really think that a lot of their success is going to be based on what he brings to the team because and and also if Ben Simmons develops a shot I think those are two those are two key pieces into what the Sixers want to do I think this year um and I think that if Ben Simmons lacks in shooting because I, I see him as like another LeBron James, you know. If he can, mm-hmm. just the way he's built, he's fast, he's strong, he's big. I think that if he can develop that jump shot and, and become a, a a threat outside of the paint, I think that this Sixers team can go to the finals this year. But
1: you also have to think about like who's going to be their closing out this year too. Exactly. That's why they had Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Ben can't shoot. It's not going to be Ben. Joel. He's going to get. He's going to get triple team and yeah. they throw it into him. So it's like. Are they going to rely on Josh Richardson
0: to yeah. close the game out for him, like, or Tobias Harris, or like who's what? Gonna, who's that's that? that's the biggest question. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I think that the Sixers are a really good team. Um, I just don't see them having that one person that they can really rely on when they can't hit a buck, like make a bucket. Yeah. You know, and and that's really the biggest kind of worry for me in this whole situation because the East is really open. Mm-hmm. I think that the Bucks. I think that's something that a lot of people aren't talking about is the Bucks losing Malcolm Brogdon, and I think that's a really big hit for them because he was a guy that he was able to shoot lights out and play def- You know, play a lot of defense. You know, he was a guy that I, I believe was over forty percent shooter from three, um, and over fifty from the field. So I think that he was a guy that could shoot the ball really well, and I think that losing him um, is actually going to be a bit of a. You know, they're going to have to adjust to that. So I think that when you see the East now, like, with the top teams being Philly and the Bucks, who do you guys really see kind of taking over and, and getting that number one spot? And who do you see, and, and vice versa, who do you see coming out of the West being that number one team or, or the top teams and really battling it out?
1: Um, with the East, <coughs> I still – um. Even though I don't trust the Sixers to have a closer, I would still choose them solely because of how everyone else is stacked up. Like, even with the Bucks, like you said, Malcolm Brogdon, that's a critical loss. Like, during the playoffs last year when they tried to rely on Eric Bledsoe to run the offense, like, that was terrible. Like, yeah. he was not producing. And they really didn't get into gear until Brogdon came back off his injury. Yeah. So, and again, too, like, I really don't trust Middleton either. Like you said earlier, I think he's has too much money for what he's been producing, so I have the '76. We still come out of the East is my favorite.
2: Okay, my favorite. I'm. I love Giannis. He's 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 a freak. I mean, that's his name.
0: So now my question is this: Giannis is uh-huh. is typically viewed, especially coming off of an MB, MVP yeah. year, he's viewed as the best player. Mm-hmm. Um, but similar to Ben Simmons, he doesn't have a jump shot. So I mean, I, I
2: think the I think the, well, the huge difference between those two is that Giannis. I think Giannis is more aggressive at getting the ball into the hoop. I mean, yeah, Simmons drives every single time because he doesn't have a jump shot. But I think Giannis, just from his length, he's longer, he's taller, and he can get by guys quicker, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think he has more in his arsenal to finish at the rim just because he can jump over anybody. But the reason why I still pick the Bucks, even though they did lose Brogdon, um, is because they also picked up Korver, who I, I love that guy. He's a good shooter. I mean, yeah, he's getting older. But He'll when you got shoot the ball. when you got Giannis driving in the lane, the guy's gonna kick it out. People can collapse. Korver's gonna stick that shot. Yeah. So I still I still got the Bucks just because they got Corver and I don't know they also I don't know if they picked up George Hill. or He's been with the team. No, he's been with yeah, George. he's been with the team. I think he's I think he's a good substitute right now for Brogdon until they do find someone else better to lead. Because I still I agree with Josh. Eric Bledsoe is not that guy you want leading your team in the playoffs. I don't I
0: don't think so. No, I, and I think that um, Eric Bledsoe he's. You know, similar to a lot of these guys that we've been pointing out where the teams have a bit of a flaw is mm-hmm. he's athletic and he can play defense, but he can't He can't lead the team. And he's not a guy that with Giannis and Chris Middleton, I, I don't think he's that third piece that really helps get him there. Because I don't even see Chris Middleton as being the second piece that gets him there. But a lot of it is really just because Giannis is so good at at, at getting to the hole. But we did see even Kawhi. We, sh- we saw Kawhi kind of shut him down. You know, they... Yeah. You know, he was having a lot of troubles, and Kawhi was a small, a little bit smaller than him. Um, and, and you know, Giannis really Giannis's game is limited to the to scoring inside or close range. And I think that um, kind of once you take that away from him, and Chris Middleton, if he's not hitting his shot, he's a guy that can be streaky sometimes. You know, he can he can hit a lot of shots, and he can miss a lot of shots too. So I think that that's really my biggest flaw with the Bucks. But a team that I'm really actually excited to see is the Nets, just because I want to see what Kyrie does in this situation. We saw that last year there was all the issues with Boston, and, you know, first him saying that I want to be there, and then towards the end of the season, I don't owe Boston fans anything. And I, I really want to get your take on what you guys think of the Nets with their team construction and um, what you guys think Kyrie is going to do without KD this season.
1: I think Kyrie is amazing, but I do think he's a dark hole. I think every place he goes, or sorry, a black hole, every place he goes, he has a problem with it. Yeah, Cleveland, it was LeBron. They got rid of, like, he said he wanted his own, like, show. That's why he went to the Celtics. He went to the Celtics. It was his show. Like, Celtics gave him the keys to the franchise, and I, I don't understand why he would leave. Like, you have a great coach in Brad Stevens. You have great young players and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier coming off the bench. Uh, Gordon Hayward like that is like to me that's a dream franchise like the perfect place to be and all of a sudden I don't want to be here anymore yeah and now you have him going to a team with yeah like they do have KD once he gets back but they have less to they have less players around them like KD I mean Kyrie is a person that's gonna get to the basket he's either gonna finish up the hole or he's gonna kick it out I don't think they have someone on the outside that's going to be able to knock down those shots without KD being there.
0: So right now, uh, looking at their roster, um, outside of KD and Kyrie, they have DeAndre Jordan, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Torian Prince, uh, Rodan, uh, um, you know, Wilson Chandler, Garrett Temple, like they have David Nwaba. They have a, they have a few other um, pieces that are, you know, I mean, Joe Harris is a guy that shot lights out from three last year. He won the, yeah, three he points. he did win the three-point contest. Jared Allen is a guy that I think that, you know, for being a younger um, power forward center type of player, he's he's really athletic. He's a good shot blocker. Um, DeAndre Jordan, you know really what you're going to get out of him. Um, a guy that I think is really good is Karis LeVert. I, I think LeVert is um, a guy that can really score pretty well. Um he has been in a bench role for the last couple of years because it's been, um, you know, it's been delo and, and kind of Spencer Dinwiddie kind of really running it as the one twos. Um, but I think that he's going to have him and Joe Harris, I think, are going to be really key parts right now for the team, um, just because KD is going to be out. And, and I think it's going to be Kyrie Karras, uh Joe, uh, I mean, Kyrie Karras, uh Joe Harris, and then DeAndre Jordan Jared Allen as their starters, most likely. Um, But I think Torian Prince is a guy who also plays defense and can shoot. Um, But he's a little, he's a bit underrated because he came from Atlanta. So he doesn't get as much spotlight as he would, uh, you know, if he was playing for a better team. Um, But I I think that the Nets, like kind of like similar to what you were saying. I think Kyrie has been a very negative um, kind of person. And, you know, with the situation that went down with um, Cleveland, just all of a sudden asking for a trade and then, um then going to Boston and then being good there for one year and then we kind of saw just the we kind of saw the 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 kind of like the lifespan of that team really shorten um just because of the atmosphere that was around them all of last year and i really think that most of that happened because the younger guys kind of saw that without Kyrie without Gordon Hayward um the success that they had the year before making it to the Eastern Conference finals um and I really think that their biggest issue this year going into it is seeing how Kyrie reacts to, you know, Brooklyn because he did want to be there. You know, that's where he said he's Brooklyn's home for him and that this is where he really wants to be. So I really think that where the Nets go this year and next year when KD comes back is really gonna determine on or, or be based off of Kyrie's experience in Brooklyn for this first year. I think if there's a there's rumors that come out similar to any noise that will be heard of them in Boston, I really think that the Nets team is gonna go downhill um, really quickly too. Especially with KD not being around as much or uh, and and being part as much because he has his own rehab for, uh, to focus on. I really think that we gotta kind of monitor the the players around Kyrie because we did see the Nets culture kind of last year when you know they're dancing on the sidelines and they they basically had the most exciting bench, you know, yeah. to watch during the games. The, this was a team that their culture in general was really really fun to be a part of, the player said. So I think that if they can keep that up this year, then they'll be a good team. But as long as Kyrie doesn't have an impact on that culture for them, I think that's the biggest part.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like the Nets. I'm not a huge fan just because of the whole Kyrie thing, but also I don't think they're going to do much without KD this year. Mm-hmm. And I know, yeah, Karris uh, Lever, he was in the All-Star talk last year before he got injured. Mm-hmm. He'll be a good he'll be a good uh, complimentary piece to Kyrie, but I don't see them much more than six, six-seater six lower. Just for, for now. Just, Just for now. now. Just, Just for, for now. now.
0: I think that when they get KD back, this is a team that as long as KD returns to somewhat similar of what he was mm-hmm. um, coming off of the Achilles, I think that this is a team that next year you can see – especially because a lot of the teams that we see right now are going to be really similarly constructed because the only real big free agent for next year is Anthony Davis. And, I mean, I I actually want to ask you guys about that because we saw that he did get traded to L.A. and that's where he wanted to be. But then you also, you know, saw where he said, yeah, if the opportunity ever came for me to go to Chicago, I would really think about it. So I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on what you think of Anthony Davis possibly re-signing with the Lakers or moving elsewhere, and what do you guys think that would mean for the Lakers going forward if he was to leave?
1: Um, he's, got, he's got Chicago tatted on him. He's coming. He's coming. That is his he's home coming. city. His home <laughs> city. Uh, I hope he stays with the Lakers because I, I don't see the Bulls getting better anytime soon. I think the Bulls' front court is great. I think it's their back court they struggle with, so I think if he did leave, like yeah he'd be putting up numbers that's his home city like you always want to represent for your city but i just think he has a better chance to win in the nba if he stays with the lakers and i feel like that's what your legacy is uh, is like defined upon mm-hmm. is if how many how many rings do you have like it doesn't matter if you're putting up numbers like people want to see like you produce and yeah. he didn't get that with the falcons and now he has a chance to do that with uh lebron so i think if he leaves like say he does just do a one year here with the Lakers and he leaves, then one, I think that's it for LeBron. I don't mm-hmm. see LeBron coming back and doing anything else, and I also don't see I wouldn't see A D ever getting the championship if yeah. he goes to the Bulls.
0: I this is I'm gonna say this right now on this episode, I'm gonna call it now, um, basically a year in advance. But I'm gonna say that if Anthony Davis wins a championship this year, I think he'll leave the I'm Lakers yeah. to go to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I think that but that's only gonna be if the Bulls make make it to the playoffs. I think that if they don't, because I, I really think similar to like the decision that Kyrie and Katie made, you know, these guys both have championships already and they saw that, all right, we can go somewhere together. Let's go somewhere that has a chance. And, and Brooklyn making that playoff push last year kind of, I think, showed them, hey, the culture's good. The team is good. If we go there, we're going to be even better. You know, so I think that if the Bulls make a playoff push this year, um, and and make it into the playoffs and at least compete and show that they are a viable option for uh, a big-name player to come to because we've seen the Bulls really lack in acquiring star talent, you know, and and because Rose was drafted, um, Butler was drafted, um, Joakim Noah, who he wasn't a star, but he was really big in Chicago. Um, He was a, a big fan favorite, the energy and defense that he brought, but these were all guys that they kind of, bread themselves um you know bringing them up through their own tree i really think that if anthony davis sees that these guys compete play hard this year um he could think of chicago as a viable option and and end up coming here as long as the lakers win i think if they don't win i think he'll stay because he's going to want to stay with lebron and 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 get the chance to win a championship but i want to ask you guys now who do you see winning the championship this year I want a, like an early, early hot take on oh, on who you guys see winning the, the championship hottest. this year.
2: <laughs> um, man, I mean, I'm I'm a big Steph Curry fan just because, yeah. If you know, if you play basketball with me, I love the three ball. That kid just shoots lights out. And I think they are dark horse just because everyone's already writing them off because they lost KD. But hey, this is like going back to their bread and butter, the 73 win Warriors, where it's just Curry, Clay, Draymond. I know Clay's gonna be out for a little bit, but I'm excited to see that, but I think I think the Clippers, um, just because, as Josh was talking about, I think they're going to take over L.A., and I think they're going to try to write their name in that city for good by winning the championship this year, and I think it would just be kind of the perfect beginning to the Clippers dynasty, in my opinion, which would be awesome.
1: I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think we've said a lot about the Clippers. I think they have the defense, and they have the offense, like Paul George and... I love Wildman, Beverly. Like, I love exactly. And Beverly, like, and again, like, this league is defined by the three ball, but in this league you also have, it's like the wing p- players are like the most important players on the teams now. And you have two all-star elite wing players on one team.
0: The only issue I do see with the Clippers is really just their three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. That's the only issue outside of, you know, I think that their mid-range scoring is going to be crazy because mm-hmm. of Kawhi, I think. And then Pat... Patrick Beverly is the guy that's going to be able to score inside. He'll probably be able to hit some open shots on the three. Lou Will is probably, aside from Paul George, their best three-point shooter.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I think that really, it's it, it their biggest thing for me is is if they can shoot the ball, too. And I think that's the same thing I have with the Lakers, too, if, is, mm-hmm. is if they can shoot the three-ball. I think that outside of that, scoring-wise, it's going to be relatively easy for these teams to score. I also really kind of want to see the Clippers... How they integrate Paul George because they're not going to have him back till November, um, and then you're also going to have the situation with Kawhi where he's going to miss games. So I really want to see how they build their offense to work um, in some cases through both Kawhi and and Paul George, and in other cases where it's just going to be Paul George um, because Kawhi is going to be missing some games. So I, I really, I, that's the only thing I'm really worried about with this Clipper, uh, the Clippers team is really seeing how they integrate Kawhi, um, and then. Paul George with Kawhi, and then Paul George by himself because that's really what they're going to have to do for the first, um, really, like, two months of the season, you know, kind of getting accustomed, uh, getting these guys accustomed to working out and, and playing together. Um, so I really, personally, I'm not sure who I, who I can say. I'm going to say, um, I think I'm going to say just the Lakers just because of the the type of player that LeBron is and the type of player that AD is and that the the fact that AD has finally now put himself in a position on a team where he can actually compete and he has a a, um, an opportunity to produce in the playoffs at a higher level than ever required from him before because in all reality we know that the Pelicans weren't going to win a championship with just Anthony Davis you know Um, I think that the Pelicans team that they have now with Zion and JJ and, and and Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and and Hard and Drew, I think that, and and even Jackson Hayes is a the guy they drafted, and he looked really good in, in summer league. I think that um, they're a better team than they are um, without AD than they were with AD. You know, they're really going to be guard heavy, um, kind of matching up to what the league expects now. Um, and I really want to see how they kind of integrate their pieces with Zion too. Um, and and but I think the Lakers, I'm gonna say, are gonna take it this year, and then afterwards, I think. Um, you know, like I said, if if Anthony Davis, le- um, uh, you know, wins and he leaves, I think that it's really going to be kind of open coast for the Clippers to just take over the West for the next couple years because they do have this year and then two more years with Paul George and Kawhi. So I think not this year, but the next two years, it'll probably be the Clippers that take over in the West, and then um, if KD regains form, I could say that the Clippers and the and the the Nets kind of split the next. Um, the two after this year mm-hmm. I, I could say so um, that's probably my hot take so um, but the next thing is I want to kind of talk to you guys about free agency and what you guys really thought of that whole process um, how it all went down I know there was a, like a lot of um, questions in regards to how these players signed their deals so fast like we saw that right at six o'clock Katie um, and and Kyrie were already nets. like mm-hmm. before six o'clock it already came out that Katie and Kyrie are going to be with the Nets, and then five minutes after, it's like, okay, DeAndre Jordan's going there too, and D'Lo. Lo I think, was the biggest surprise, in my opinion, because I definitely did not see him going there at all to Golden State. Uh, so, I want to get your guys' opinion on what was your your thoughts on the the most surprising move, and and what you guys kind of thought of the whole controversy um, in regards to free agency this year.
2: Um, I agree. Uh... I was surprised by probably, um, I didn't see Paul George going to the Clippers. I thought he might have wanted to team up with Harden maybe, going to the Rockets. But then when everything just kind of fell through and then uh, Chris Paul was gone. But Paul George, he I guess he wanted to play with Kawhi just because I think they're both kind of similar play style, obviously, with the dual threat of their offense and their defense. Yeah. And I think the Clippers are kind of built like an upgraded Toronto Raptors last year just yeah. because they got Kawhi, but then you got a old-school kind of play style where they are going to grind you out defensively, Yes, and then they're going to go at whatever they can get on offense.
0: Yeah, and I think that having, similar to, like you said, about the, the Raptors, that's actually, mm-hmm. I never kind of thought about it that way. I think that they're going to be similar to the Raptors, but with a bit better shooting because right, they're going right. to have, you know, Paul George, who was a, last year a deadly three-point shooter, mm-hmm. MVP candidate, and I think that really how he comes back from this injury because he did have uh surgery on both his shoulders, you know right. I think that that's gonna affect him you know he's you gotta remember in the summertime is when these guys really kind of work at their crafts the most and put up shots and and he hasn't been able to do that, so I really wanna see how he bounces back um from the injury because a shoulder injury is is very different than like an achilles or or a knee injury where it's really kind of just being confident in your ability to to you know jump and run and all that stuff. But this has this is really uh, determining on, on your shooting form. You know mm-hmm. So I really want to see how Paul George kind of reacts um, to the surgeries. and then um, you know Josh talked about it earlier where the player movement is, is at an all-time high. And I think that when you kind of compare player movement in the NBA to player movement in the NFL or the MLB, um, for example, it's there's not much and it, and, it, and it seems like sometimes if you ask for a trade, they're gonna they're not gonna send you where you want to go. They're gonna send you wherever they can get the best. So if that's a team, um if that's a team like, you know, Miami that has a, a, a ton of draft picks, you know, in the NFL draft, they're gonna ship you there. So I think that when you kind of see player movement in the NBA um compared to around the like other sports in you know professional sports in America, I really think the NBA does a good job of that because they don't they don't restrict players to you know being bound by their contract and if they're in a bad situation I feel like these guys can simply ask for a trade and and they're going to get as long as they go about it the right way that they can get what they want and I think that's really what Paul George was going to do I think they kind of approached him where like look we got bounced in the first round um and I think that we're going to basically blow it up and that's really what they did they got rid of Paul George and then Russ I think Russ knew it was coming too which is why he kind of he said you know what this is why I want my trade. Um, so I think that, really, my biggest takeaway from free agency was really just that the player movement is at an all-time high, and I think that it's actually better for the NBA now because there's so much more balance across the league. There's not. This is really like the first time that there's ever been a real question at who can win the championship. You know, in the mm-hmm. last few years, it was like okay, um, it's going to be Cleveland or it's going to be Golden State. You know, because LeBron, and then you have. The, the splash brothers so that's my thing um on all the free agency so josh what was yours
1: i think uh, i agree with you like like you said like the player movement and how it's been within the recent years or a decade has been crazy like i think i think it's great like players are able to team up and i think that's why so there's so much excitement about around this year's nba um uh, playoff teams and just how the season is going to go but um My biggest surprise, honestly, was what uh, Russell Westbrook. Like, I did not see him signing with the Rockets to team up with James Harden. Like, I I would vividly remember the day, like, getting the text from my best friend uh, Tommy from back home. Like, and we were going berserk. Like, I would never have thought. Like, I hope it works out because I think that's a great one-two punch. But, like, when you first hear uh, Westbrook leaving OKC to go to. Like the Rockets with James Harden, like that doesn't like that, it doesn't sound right to me. It
0: doesn't. So, it it do, That's I, I. actually now that like we're talking about them, I really want to ask you guys what you think because I just saw um who is it um Colin Coward he actually talked about the other day um, he said that you know by the All Star break Ru- the Rockets aren't going to be in the playoff race and that Russ and Harden are going to Go at it, butting heads, and basically hate playing with each other. So what do you guys think? And I I I've always kind of questioned this team, this duo, because Westbrook is a guy that really needs the ball to be effective, and so is Harden. You know, Harden can distribute and so can Westbrook, but Westbrook tends to be a bit I think that their biggest question is who takes over in the fourth quarter when they need that shot, and I think that it has to be James Harden because it's his team and he's the better shooter, and he's gonna he's a guy that I can trust going to the line because Russ has shown in, in in crunch time sometimes that he can't produce. You know, he can't. He's not the shooter that Harden is, and he's not um, he's not a guy that if if he shoots ten free throws in a game and he makes all ten, I'm surprised. Oh, definitely. you know, so it, it's it, that's that's really just my thing. It's so broke. I. Yeah, so what do you guys think about that team and how they're going to work throughout the season?
2: Um, I think the Rockets, right away when I heard about the Westbrook, I was like, this is going to be terrible. I thought it was just going to be kind of the same, and it's just going to be bad chemistry right there. But after kind of thinking about it more, I think that it will work out due to the fact that the Rockets, they have so many three-point shooters. Yeah, And Westbrook's never really been a part of an OKC team where – the floor is open for him. The lane is open for him to just drive. And I think that's going to be a big thing here. So it's, shooting percentage has never really been that great, but I think it's going to skyrocket on the Rockets because of the fact that he's not just going to be the number one option and that the floor is going to be spaced a lot more than he's ever been used to and he's just going to be able to dart to the yeah. basket like he's never seen before.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, like you said, because, you know, with OKC, you have, and actually I just saw him um, right now that, Pascal Siakam just signed a four-year max extension. Um, so we'll actually talk about um, him and the Raptors really quickly afterwards. Yeah, so um, – but, I mean, I, my biggest thing is, you know, similar to what you said, he's never had – I feel like he's always had a really, really clogged lane, you know, yeah. with Steven Adams down there and, and um, just, you know, they had Jeremy Grant and, and other guys that – some of them could shoot the ball, but a lot of them were relying on inside scoring. So I really kind of was am worried about that. But um, at the end of the day, these two did want to play with each other. So yeah. I mean, I think they're gonna try to make it work for as long as they can. The only thing is, you know, Wes Westbrook is making over forty million a year. So I I think that, um, and I think that this is really kind of his last real. Opportunity and and Harden's last opportunity at a championship, and I think if they can't capitalize with this team, basically bringing back everyone that they had before, and then essentially just replacing Westbrook with CP3, I think that this is their best chance. This is the this is their best lineup that they're gonna put out in the last few years. Um, they still do lack defense. I think that this team is really really heavy on the three and. That's their downfall. You know, we did see when they lost game seven a couple years ago to the Warriors, um, you know, they couldn't, they went 0 for 27 at one point. And then last year, um, without KD, for majority of the series, you know, they couldn't win a game. So I think that um, as long as Westbrook can be an upgrade over Chris Paul and, and produce better than what Chris Paul did and bring a better overall, like, presence to the team I think that the Rockets can be good I think that's what I think right yeah.
1: now yeah um I think my biggest I have two concerns with the Rockets is it's one if Westbrook is even going to be able to take a back seat because um a lot of the triple double talk was going around if he was even going to be able to you know sit back and not do that not pad the stats and relax on that and I you know I think I do think he did that only because he had to and that was what was what, um, required of him in LKC but my second concern with the Rockets would also be who's going to be the person playing off-ball because James Harden has been the one to run the offense and who does majority of the score. But now you have a guard and Westbrook who can't shoot the three, who wants to get to the hole like you guys were saying. But it's like if you move James Harden to the two and let Westbrook run the show, you have someone who can drive to the basket and then dump it off and you can have James Harden who is lights out. But then you also have to remember that, you know, James Harden has had this, like, he's had that franchise, that team for so long. It's like, who's going to be the person that's going to, you know, take the sidestep? Like, obviously, it's it's expected of Westbrook to do it because it is James Harden's team. But I don't see Westbrook thriving, playing off the ball because, like you guys said, he can't shoot. So, in my logic, I'd rather see James Harden playing off the ball and letting Westbrook dish it to him. But I really don't see James Harden giving the keys up. Yeah like, that's
0: hey, that's the that's that's kind of what I I've, I've been worried about because if Westbrook plays off ball he can't shoot exactly. you know and if if Harden plays off ball you don't have his you know that kind of takes away his really his offensive threat you know because when he has the ball in his hands for such a majority of the game he has all the pressure on him and that's when he dishes out to the open man so I really think that having Westbrook I'm just not sure how to fit. You know, I really kind of want to see how it works with them. And I think we'll kind of get to tell how the team is going to go, um, you know, in the first couple months of the season, you know, these guys are, you know, since the trade, they've been together and they've been excited to be together and hang out with each other. Cause they're good friends. So, you know, it's a lot of it is we see a lot of the friends playing together, you know, and it's kind of similar to what they say, you know, sometimes it's not that good of an idea to bring your friends into business with you. Um, we saw it work a couple times for you know like LeBron and Wade, but I mean, since then I don't know if we've seen like a, a group of friends or something pairing together and really really working, you know. So I really kind of want to see how this team does. You know, the Rocket. I mean, OKC couldn't capitalize when they had Katie and and okay, Russ yeah. and mm-hmm. um, together, and I don't know. I, I really want to see how this team progresses, and I think we'll get to know by december um you know because the season does start i believe this upcoming week um 22nd. or yeah yeah the you know in a week or so so um you know i really want to see for the next month and a half how this team kind of integrates russ into it um but as i was saying pascal siakam signed a four year 130 million dollar deal so he's making 32 and a half million a year and up in toronto so what do you guys think of that, and where the Raptors are now with their key pieces? Minus Kawhi, they have Marcus, Saul, Pascal Siakam, uh, Kyle Lowry, um, those those guys right there.
2: I mean, I think I think since Kawhi left, I think they're just, I think they're desperate. I think that's yeah. why they signed that because they're looking, they're looking at their team. They're like, who the hell are we going to pick to lead this team now? Yeah. Kawhi's gone. He's such a big piece for them to win the championship obviously and they're looking at Pascal who had obviously great moments in the playoffs and the finals but I think yeah he'll he showed promise but he didn't really show consistent promise throughout multiple seasons it was just one season I think yeah I think that (laughs) he had that max is just kind of I was just I yeah I think for him to get
0: a max deal really off of one year Mm -hmm. of, of of real production is kind of Shocking to me. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I, I don't think he his his track record has proven for him to be worthy of this type of deal yet. And and you know I feel like a lot of it, like you guys are saying, it's it's desperation. You know I feel like a lot of these teams sign these players to these big contracts because um, they're desperate because they need someone like you know Bradley Beal just signed his extension with Washington and, and that absolutely blew my mind because that team's not going to go anywhere at all you know, John Wall is going to be out this entire year. And, you know, the fact that Bradley Beal is staying on a team where he knows he's getting his money, but he's not going to be able to really, you know, be able to to prove himself and bring a championship somewhere. You know, I I think that Bradley Beal made a mistake there. And I think Pascal Siakam, he didn't make a mistake. I think he, that was smart for him. You know, that was a, that was genius for him. But You know, and then when you see other players like Bradley Beal, on the other hand, where he can put himself in a better situation if he was to wait and go into free agency and possibly be picked up by a winner, um, I think that would have been a better option. But, um, you know, all this talk around, you know, the guys like uh, Kyrie and stuff, I I do want to and we did touch about the situation with Boston. So um, I kind of want to see what you guys think about what they're going to be like this year. You know, they did lose Terry Rozier. They did lose Al Horford um they and they did lose Kyrie but they got back Kemba um and his cancer and now you're gonna have a full season of a healthy um and and you know prepared Gordon Hayward now so what do you guys think of the Celtics going forward
1: um I think Al Horford was their biggest loss my thing is I talk like talk basketball all the time my thing is is Kyrie Irving really that different from Kemba like they're both ball-heavy guards that want to get to the basket and want to produce on their own, they both don't have, like, the highest assist numbers. So, it's, like, to me, that was, like... It was, like, you lost Kyrie, who was a black hole, but it's, like, you gained Kemba, who's like... You know, he is more, like, I feel energetic, and he's more, yeah. like, like, friendly person, but it's, like, they have the same style of the play. The
0: only difference, I believe, between Kyrie and Kemba is just that Kyrie is a bit craftier, um, mm-hmm. really, like, both on the offensive end, mm-hmm. um, just because of his dribble... Abilities and his ability to to create a shot for him out of nothing. Where I think that Kemba Kemba lacks that a bit. He's not as creative with the ball. Um, in his scoring options, you know, Kyrie's a guy that, you know, he can start off at the three point line and with within a crossover and a, and a spin move, he's at the hole and you know he gets two. And I think that Kemba doesn't do that to the same degree that Kyrie does. So in a sense, that might be a bit of a downgrade, but. Overall, they both have similar production offensively and defensively, and assist rates and stuff. So I think that that's pretty even there. But I think that, like you said, the loss of Al Horford is more major than anything. Um, especially because you know even last year you kind of saw stagnant production um, increase or decrease in um, in Jason Tatum. I really think that this is his year to to kind of because it's going to be Jason Tatum's team. Like it's it's. Kyrie, uh, Kemba got the big contract and Kemba's technically the star, but I think that this is the year that Jason Tatum proves that he, this is his team. Um, I, feel
1: like, I, uh, I feel like they're like putting him in the backseat though. Like, I, that's, I do.
0: I feel that uh, that as well. And I feel like that because of what they're putting the, the so much increased, you know, focus on, okay, we lost Kyrie. Let's get Kemba, exactly. you know? And I think that Jason Tatum is a guy that they should really say, okay, you know what? If we lost Kyrie, and we kept Terry Rogier because I think Terry Rogier was a guy that fit really well with the young guys, you know, and Marcus Smart, too. Um, you know, they do still have Marcus Smart, but I think that losing Rogier too, kind of hurt them. I think that Rogier could have been a guy who can score 18 points um, and lead the team really well because he's energetic, he's fast. And he, he's a, he was a fan favorite. You know, Scary Terry was a big thing in, in Boston. So I really think that they are kind of putting Jason Tatum in the backseat. And I think that this year is when he's going to have to increase his scoring to 20 points a game. Um, his defense is going to have to be much better um, as well. Um, you know, his three-point shooting, it's good, but it, it could be better. And I think that he needs to do a lot more things well than other people um, on that team to really kind of start to stand out because there's going to be so much focus on on him. Uh, I, I mean, on Kemba that this is really going to be his opportunity to kind of stand out. You I would so.
1: rather them have let just kept Terry. And then just had Jason Tatum there because I feel like a Carson bit of, Edwards. Yeah, yeah that too. Carson, oh, Carson
0: well, Edwards. Carson, Carson really Edwards it. is it? Didn't he just hit like five threes oh, yeah. in, was, in, in well, a quarter? He, like he yeah. had like forty. Yeah, he had forty yeah. points, yeah. and he hit like six. Like I forgot was, what his stat line I think was. It was, but, eight. It was, it was it eight. eight. It was eight threes in a quarter. Eight threes in a quarter. It's at like
1: I think I'll tackle fall. Tackle fall. Yeah, they just
0: tackle fall. They did just put him in the. What was it? They put him in the G League. Yeah, though. he's a two-way player. A yeah, way, he's a two two-way two player right now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean th- that team is going to be so before I keep going. I, I want to talk to you guys about the Knicks because the the Knicks really really thought that they were going to get all these players and yes. what do we see them with? Marcus Morris or who was it? Marcus one or Marquise? It was one of the, one Morris, one of the Morris, twins, Morris twins. It was, who was one of the Morris guys. Um, it was Bobby Portis. It was oh, Julius Randle. Julius oh, Randle. He's yeah, he was there. He's a the star. I think dude. the funniest thing was that right after KD and Kyrie, when everyone said they were going to the Knicks, mm-hmm. literally 30 minutes after they signed, the Knicks were like, "Yeah, we got Julius Randle." <laughs> Like, I mean, come on. Like, we're still going to compete. Like, are you serious? Like, you got R.J. Barrett and you have Julius Randle. Like, you and you really, really expect these guys to be, like, the fact that I remember Stephen A. said it and it really, like, it just stuck with me because you could have waited a day. You could have waited two days to make that deal, but you went out on the first day of free agency yeah. and you said, you know what? Screw Kyrie, screw KD. We're going to go get Randall. Cause he's our guy. Like, come on now. And, and, and KD said it himself the other day, you know, where he's like, people don't want to go to the Knicks because they, the Knicks aren't cool. The Knicks aren't fun in the last 20 years. What have they done? Absolutely nothing. You know, in, in our lifetime, they haven't had anyone really besides, um, Carmelo Anthony. That's been, a real force for them, you know, and, and and brought them to the playoffs or even had a chance to go to the playoffs. And, and I just want to think, you know, see what you guys think about the Knicks. And do you think they're ever going to get a a star? I mean, it's
2: it's going to be a while. I mean,
0: I think the only way they do it is if RJ Barrett becomes a superstar and, and he draws nothing but the love from other people.
1: They do it. They have Dennis Smith though, too. They got... They
2: got I like Dennis him. Smith. I like Dennis Smith. I like Dennis, Dennis, I like Smith, Dennis I, Smith. I'm a big Duke guy, so I like I like me some R J. Barrett, but I I don't see R J. Barrett being a superstar soon yeah. just because of his jump shot. Yeah. He's got the mid range down pat, but that three pointer with him and he's not super fast. He's so he's not gonna be able to get the hole as like efficiently yeah. as like maybe like a Zion Williamson yeah, he's just yeah, gonna yeah. truck everyone through the lane. But he's gonna have to develop develop that three in order to become that superstar, but I don't see any time soon these Knicks getting anybody that superstar st- uh, yeah. kind of name.
0: So, speaking of Duke, um, Cam uh, Reddish? Yep. What yep. do you guys think? Bust. You think? He's a bust. Stud. He's a bust. <laughs> you think he's a bust. I think he's going to be a bus. stud.
2: He's he's a, he's a shooter, and everyone was knocking him when he was at Duke, saying, mm-hmm. oh, the kid's streaky as hell and everything. Well, I
0: mean, you got to remember, he's playing – third fiddle to, I mean. to Zion and RJ. So, and and this guy, he still averaged, what, 16 or 17 points at Duke, being points. third string, you know?
2: So, and um, he hit a, a, a game winner against FSU. Oh, one game. I, I, saw that, one, I saw the game was. I'm right just after. saying,
0: I mean, still, like, Cam Reddish, I think that he's a guy that a lot of people let fly under their radars. I really mm-hmm. think the Bulls should have drafted him. Yep. But the thing is, I think that they made a mistake because they, they paid... They're paying twenty two million for Otto Porter. You can't or I think now this year it's twenty six or something like that. So something I think like when that. you're paying when you're paying a ridiculous amount for a guy like that, you can't go ahead and, and, and draft Cam Reddish and, and expect him to, you know, be your new guy when you just traded for him. Mm-hmm. So um so now before we end this episode, I wanna just get a couple more hot takes. I already got your your pick for championship. Mm-hmm. Um and that was the Clippers for both of you, right? Yeah. So um, I yeah. want to ask Rookie of the Year, who do you guys see for Rookie of the Year? There's,
1: there's only one. Because I feel like it's already Zion. Like, he already the has it like, all around that uh, kid. You think it's Zion?
2: I, I think it's Zion, but he is injury prone. I know people are like, oh, he's only got injured what once at yeah. Duke, and then right now it's just tweaked." Yeah. But the kid's freak athletic. Yeah. And the knees taking that much pounding from all the jumping he did in high school he to now. Weak. Yeah, he's, heavy. he's, he's big. Salary. He's big.
0: Yeah, he's Yeah, he's you know he's like he's like seven, most seven he, the he's league. the second heaviest player in the NBA yeah. behind uh, Boban Marjani. Yeah, that was he's seven, he's
2: seven, he's
1: seven seven exactly, yeah, seven yeah like seven
0: seven one seven two something <laughs> like that. So I I mean so that's so you guys say Zion, I'm actually gonna go outside yeah. of Zion because I really think that he's gonna miss a good amount of time with his injuries, and yeah. I think that because what's gonna happen is. Because it's Zion and because of his body build, I think that the way it's gonna work is that basically he's gonna get hurt, something small, or minor, and he's gonna miss an extended amount of time because Man. the Pelicans are gonna want to take that precaution with him. So sense. I'm gonna say, I mean, I'm yeah. gonna say Ja. Yeah,
2: Ja, Ja. 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 Really? I'm no, gonna no, say Ja I, I, didn't, I didn't say my actual pick. Who's your? I, th- I thought RJ. I think you I think, think RJ? RJ. I think he's gonna take the Knicks over.
1: Oh, I got Tyler Hero. I oh, exactly. He's already like I rely heavily on preseason. He was He's a second like, round, right? No, he went off 14th. fourteen. Really? Yeah. Oh
0: wow. I mean, Tyler Hero has definitely shown some things in, in summer league where I was like, dude, like this guy's yeah, good. I know. This guy's <laughs> good. This guy's good. It's so I really want to see him. So we got Zion, we got RJ and Ja. So those are the top three picks yeah. in the draft. Yeah. Um, I I think Ja with the Grizzlies, there's really just um. I mean, they have their power forward, um, you know, who they picked up last year in the draft. But I really think that they're going to – I think Ja is going to be able to do a lot of really good things for them. Yeah. So um, that's rookie of the year. Now I want your sixth man of the year and then your um, MVP. So –
2: I'm just, I'm sticking with Lou. Lou, Lou? Williams. The the pl- is
1: he still going to come off the bench? Yeah, he's, he's gonna, still going to come off the bench. He, he's a
2: bench guy. For life. Yeah. I think I think Lou, just because of the fact that he's, I think he's won it twice or once. I, I, think I, I think three he's, times. Yeah, yeah. three, three he's, times. He's won it multiple times. Three times, and he he knows that's his role, and that yeah. he, he just shoots it. He yeah. just shoots like um, nobody else off that bench.
1: I'd say uh, Eric Gordon because he's not going to be starting. With the uh, with the Rockets too, like he's gonna have to come off that bench and produce yeah. if they're really gonna want to score and keep those threes up. I have him, I have him be my six man.
0: I I'm gonna say D Rose. Really?
1: I'm gonna oh, say okay. D Rose because last
0: year he was in the talks for it yeah. because his production was one of the best that we've seen in the last. Few, I think that, that last year off the bench was his best production since he was a starter with the Knicks a few yeah. years back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he averaged 18 points and, I think, four four assists. So I think that this year, especially being in Detroit, um, I think that he's going to have an increased role, especially there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him because, remember, you're going to have Drummond and you're going to have Blake and Reggie Jackson all there, too. you also going to have shooters like Tony Snell... I guess, I really can't believe I just said that because Tony Snow when he was with <laughs> the Bulls, Snow, Tony he was Snow terrible. was he was terrible <laughs> with the Bulls. He was terrible. It was a i i I called him a bust from the moment I like he was drafted just because I I just did not expect a lot out of him. Um, but I think D Rose because I think that with this team and and coming off of last year, he's finally kind of become a better shooter. Less reliant on his jumping ability and athleticism, and, and yeah. become a lot smarter. So I think that I'm going to say D Rose. So and then lastly, I want MVP picks, and then yeah.
1: Um, MVP, I think that's up in the air, but I'm I'm probably going to go with stuff. I think there's going to be a lot required from him, uh, especially with Clay being down. I don't know when he's expected to come back, but you have you have KD at left, uh, Clay is down, Draymond doesn't really score, and you have a newcomer in D Lo. I think I project Steph to like come out and like make a statement and show that like the Warriors are still here. They're not backing down from anyone. Like that's my man.
2: Okay. I'm thinking I was going to say either Steph because everything that Josh said, that he, he was an MVP before Katie got there and he led that team to championships, playoffs. Not only, only an
0: MVP, but a two time, two time, and a unanimous MVP. First, first, first time ever. First so. one of all time. And so. I, think,
2: I think he's ready to prove the haters wrong, but I, I think so. It's, I think it's between Curry. And I like I like Jimmy Butler. I know it's a really huge, awesome. huge and wild card. So that is, <laughs> that is, that that's is, I think that's the hottest
0: here. take I've I've heard at, ever. <laughs> <laughs> for Jimmy Butler to be an MVP candidate. But,
2: I, I, th- I think he could do it. This would be probably his only season, his only chance that he could do it for the rest of his career. Yeah. Just because of the heat and the situation. And I think there. that
0: because the East is more open. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, but... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Steph yeah, for yeah. for all the reasons that Josh said. I think that with all these guys being out and the Warriors being doubted, you know, to even miss the playoffs, yeah. there's a lot of people that say they're gonna miss. And mm-hmm. I think that you cannot count Stephen Curry out no. at all. I, I mean, he's the guy that revolutionized basketball um, as we know it now. You know where the league has become. So, so relying on the shot and and guard play. So I, I'm gonna say Steph. Yeah. So, um, and that's gonna conclude episode nine. So I thank you, um, guys for coming in today, yeah, and I I nice. I, thank I, I thank you, uh, very much for that. This was uh, this was definitely a a good episode so we're gonna have these guys on again uh pretty soon so thank you guys and we'll see you on episode time right now you need dependable internet and endless entertainment xfinity delivers with reliably fast speeds and wi-fi coverage throughout your home plus access all your streaming apps in one place right on your tv to schedule your free contactless equipment delivery click or call restrictions apply